Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School podcast. Oh, I cannot wait to go through this episode because we are about to embark upon part four of an amazing series of podcasts of Who Paid for Lunch Clue. And this final episode of the series is entitled Audio Alibis. But before I get into that, I do have some very short updates to cover in my local Carfagno cleaning business. First of all, I was asked to lead an education piece for my local MCBA networking group. I taught on the They Ask, You Answer process. I have loved this book and implemented it into both of my websites for Carfagno Cleaning and the Smart Cleaning School. The group thoroughly enjoyed the discussion as it gave them so much to think about. Now, what is the They Ask, You Answer process? Well, look at my websites. I have attempted to answer every single question that my clients could ever think to ask, and I put them in the frequently asked questions on the homepage because I want people to be able to find the answers to hard questions because that's what they're typing into the Google search bar, and I want them to find my websites. That's why I love the They Ask You Answer process. This week, I also had a one-time cleaning job booked at a historic barn and wedding venue. It's a big job thousand dollars one time for the day so it's pretty cool i was excited to make some money to serve however when we got there the plumber was there replacing some parts and had the water turned off to the entire barn the plumber was willing after talking to him through the owner to give us an hour to quote unquote do our thing with the water okay well doing our thing with the water as a cleaning company when there's three kitchens and three or four bathrooms, we needed like five or six hours of water, not do our thing for one. So we had to decline and ultimately reschedule this job the month later. So that really stunk. We ended up losing slash wasting two plus hours of our day and potentially about $750. Now, why did I lose that much money? Because I had this day completely booked, and I was going to make $1,000. Had I known it was going to get postponed, then I could have scheduled something else in there for maybe $500, possibly $1,000. But these are things that happen, and you can't count that money because it never came in. But you can view it in a way that I lost potential money, so what did I learn How can I make that $750 a $750 training that I just invested in? Well, here's what I found out, and here's my lesson. And I'm 16 years in. I'm learning this lesson now. The plumber was due to work on Monday at the barn, but he got held up at the job that day. That's fine. No worries. So he just, okay, I guess I'm done my day. I'll just show up at that old barn tomorrow. Didn't really tell anyone. Just kind of showed up hey, I'm here, and that really irritates me. Unfortunately, there's a lot of contractors that operate this way. It's like they're in their own little world, and whatever they feel like doing, they'll just show up because everyone needs the plumber. Everyone needs the electrician. It's true. 
But still, it would be more professional for that plumber if he would have just called the barn Monday early afternoon. Hey, I'm running late today. I'm not going to be able to make it over. I'll be able to come over tomorrow. The barn could have said, oh, well, what's that entail? And look at, oh, you know, we have a cleaner coming tomorrow. That's fine. I'll contact the cleaner and reschedule them. That's what would have happened had the plumber just made one call and just been a little bit more proactive and more professional. So the lesson I learned here is it's on me. It's not the plumber's fault. Now they played their part, but it's on me. I need water and electricity to clean. I should have checked. It was an unusual job. It's a large barn wedding venue. I should have checked, hey, I'm coming over tomorrow. Will there be water and electricity? Silly question for me to ask. But I did once clean a lake house with no running water. Do you remember that one? So I should have learned my lesson from that time. Okay, enough about the cleaning this week. Let's get into the fun stuff. The time is here. I love my mastermind community, Total Life Freedom. There are 100 members all over the U.S. and there's some out of the country. Last fall, as the restaurants were beginning to open after the pandemic, the TLF Philly group decided to get together for the first lunch. And at the end of lunch, after a wonderful time together, our beloved Pastor John paid for the table. It was an act of generosity and that I was just so appreciative. And honestly, I've struggled with accepting gifts. So I declared that I would pay for the next TLF Philly lunch meetup. And I even made a podcast about the experience, and I called it Allow a Giver to Give, which turned out to be part one of this four-part series. I never knew it would be at the time. I had no intention of this free lunch turning into anything, but that all changed when we met for the second lunch. Make sure to listen to episode two, Don't Fight Google or Facebook, Fight for Lunch. A few of us had the idea to try and pay after Pastor John's act of generosity, but a couple of us were thwarted by a benevolent benefactor, which turned out to be episode three of the series. This benevolent benefactor, mysterious as he, she, or they were, beat us to the punch. And in my haste, I filed the case with Carfagno and Carfagno, a private investigatory firm in the Philadelphia area, one of the nation's finest. Our goal at Carfagno and Carfagno was to crack the case of who paid for lunch clue, filed on January the 13th, 2021. In the Benevolent Benefactor episode, I laid out the following clue board of players and my investigatory notes were as follows. I'll do a quick recap because I want to bring you back to episode three's summary before we dive into this new and final version. Here are the players on the board. The pastor, a.k.a. John Stange. He paid for the first lunch. He is the leading suspect for multiple players on the board. He denies emphatically. There was an hypothesis that his wife was even the silent partner and called in the payment ahead of time. I confronted John in a text and he denied his false claim. Innocent Emily, a.k.a. Emily Bruner, the photographer. She booked the restaurant and had the easiest opportunity to pay ahead and blame it on the hat. None of us suspected her royal innocence until I cross-examined her on Facebook Messenger. Here is her reply. 
you be the judge. It truly wasn't me. I still think it was John Shuckman. I saw him take out his credit card before he left the table on the way to the restroom. The loud guy, a.k.a. John Shuckman, the realtor. He was wearing the Christian Illuminati hat and left the table conveniently right after I asked the waitress if I could pay because he wanted to use the restroom. Hmm. We chatted back and forth several times and had gotten nowhere. He was not going to the restroom, but as Emily keenly observed, I saw him take out his credit card. The newbie, a.k.a. Desha Utsik, the life coach and photographer. Emily asserts it could have been Desha and then recanted her story. She was the wild card in this game of who paid for lunch clue as she was the newbie. The cleaner, a.k.a. Ken Carfagno of the prestigious Carfagno and Carfagno Law Firm, Carfagno Cleaning, and the Smart Cleaning School. I have clearly stated my intention to pay, and henceforth, inability due to this mysterious benevolent benefactor, the absentee, a.k.a. Brad Imming, the digital marketer. He wasn't even there and blamed John, claiming the pastor needed to go to confessional. The connector, a.k.a. Vincent Puglisi of Total Life Freedom. Vincent was in Florida enjoying freedom with his family. He only said, I wish it was me. The silent partner, a.k.a. Andrea Stangi, wife of John, the pastor. Andrea laughed at this notion of her calling ahead of her husband's dinner with friends to pay for them. Was the laugh a tell? I don't think so. I kind of believe her. Then there's the waitress and the hat. It was a Christian Illuminati secret society hat worn by the loud guy. Actually, it was a men's group that John belonged to at the church. Could another member have been there? From this underground secret Christian Illuminati secret society? Could it have been? Maybe they saw John in front of the bill? Question mark. Large one. I recorded The Benevolent Benefactor on March the 24th, 2021. I have just retold the main players and their sides of the stories, which I presented in that third episode. Ironically, I recorded the episode on March the 24th, 2021, and this happened to be the same day as the third TLF Philly lunch. Unfortunately, I had to skip lunch to do my podcast because once a month I batch all of my shows, and on March the 24th, I had to unfortunately decline the third TLF lunch And I really wanted to go because I had a good shot of either paying or getting another free lunch. So I wanted to go, but I just couldn't work it out. And like I said, ironically, I was literally writing and recording the Benevolent Benefactor third episode while they were eating their third lunch. And then something incredible happened while I was recording. This third lunch was paid for. And supposedly not by any of the three members that were present, which included the pastor, the loud guy, and innocent Emily, because the other players in the game could not make it. But the three were there, and none of them claimed to have paid for lunch, but yet the lunch was paid for a third time. I was about to move this case file off my desk into the cold case file for the first failure of my firm in over four centuries. Okay, quick disclaimer, let me pause. If you're new to this podcast, these stories are real and the events depicted did happen. However, I am just taking some creative license to embellish certain attributes of the story to make it more fun. I immediately reopened the case after the third lunch scandal and deposed each of the subjects, requesting audio alibis from each. I will take the reins first, as the 
cleaner and narrator of this fourth and final edition. Here is the audio alibi I left on March the 24th. Here it is. Lunch, as you guys know, I tried to pay. But, and so did John Shookman, but I was denied it. Someone paid earlier. I want to come clean on this third lunch. I did attempt to pay at 11 o'clock in the morning, one hour before. I called the restaurant and I asked if I could um, leave a credit card for the party that was coming in. They looked up and found the Bruner party for five. And they said, well, let me get a manager. I talked to the manager and I said, you know, could I pay for lunch? Here's what he told me. We can't take credit cards over the phone. You can call the place and you can ask them if they take credit cards over the phone. I tried and I was thwarted. And so apparently John Shookman says he was thwarted. Hi, Ken. This is John Stonge, and I am just contacting you to let you know that I did not pay for today's lunch. In fact, when we got there and we sat down, there were only three of us at the restaurant And John Shookman attempted to pay, apparently, before we sat down for the meal. And the waitress awkwardly handed him his card back. And uh, it was kind of funny because he didn't want to acknowledge it. And he was putting his head down like he was upset. And I just looked over at him and I said, you are so caught. And Emily echoed in right afterward. And we're like, yep, you're busted. So Shookman tried to pay today. I'm telling you, it wasn't me. I don't know who today's mystery benefactor happened to be, but I am innocent, and uh, I assure you I did not pay. So I don't know if you can hear the honesty in my voice, but I'm telling you the truth. It wasn't me, but I hope you find out who it was. Thank you very much, John Stange. Here is Innocent Emily. I don't know who paid for lunch. It definitely was not me, I can tell you that for sure, because I don't lie. Plus, gifts are not really my love language. Acts of service are my love language. So if if you're trying to figure out who returned all of the scattered shopping carts from the grocery store parking lot back to the spot where they actually belong, that would be me. Hello, friends. John Shookman here to tell you the story of how it is impossible that I paid for our lunch yesterday at the City Works restaurant in King of Prussia. Let me just tell you, first and foremost, I love my TLF Philly crew, but I hate that I have never been able to pay for lunch. But let me just tell you why it is impossible that I paid for lunch yesterday. Do you know how I know it's impossible that I paid for lunch yesterday? The reason is because I tried to pay for lunch yesterday. So I got to the restaurant probably about 10 minutes before we had our meeting at 12 p.m. I walked up to the host station and said, here's my credit card. There's a reservation for Emily at 12 p.m. And I need to pay for this meal. There is no way you can let anyone else pay for this meal. The hostess said, "Okay, sounds good. And we will make sure that happens. And I'll give you your card at the end. I said, perfect. I almost even told her to just put a tip on there and sign, but I didn't. I just figured they'd figure it out. It would be fine, right? Well, we all know what fine stands for. So let me tell you, our server is a great server. Um, She's probably not great at surprise birthday parties. So About five or 10 minutes into us sitting down, um, we had gotten our drinks 
And she came over to me and said, um, not very subtly, she said, were you the one that gave your credit card to the hostess? And I said, and I sort of tried to uh, blow it off and just take the card. Um, And she basically then said, again, loudly and not very subtly, that she couldn't do anything with this card until the end of the meal. So, of course, my cover at this point was blown. They knew that I had tried to pay for the meal. And I was very frustrated. Again, it was not me because I tried to pay for the meal. Even at the end, I tried to just slip her my credit card and say, here, please just go pay for it. And don't even talk to us like at this moment. Just go handle the check. And of course, then she said that her manager had just told her that a generous beneficiary called that day to pay for the meal. Now, let me tell you this. I am definitely convinced it was Vincent Puglisi, our fearless leader, but he really didn't know where we were. I'm if I if that's not who it was, it was definitely you, Mr. Ken Carfagno, because you knew where we were going, had an excuse why you couldn't be there and knew where we were. And so I'm pretty sure it was you. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Some pretty tough accusations there from Shuckman. I have already defended myself. Here is Vincent Puglisi. What's up, Ken? It's Vincent. I want to let you know that it was not me who paid for lunch. I had nothing to do with it. I didn't even know that you guys were meeting for lunch, so that should help right there in terms of my alibi. We're in Florida. You guys are in Pennsylvania. I didn't even know that you were meeting or where you were meeting. So there's no way I could have even known what was going on or how to pay. Plus, I was at the pier here in Clearwater for the entire day with Andrew. And he was showing his tarantula and he was showing his scorpion to all the people walking by. He made $217 in tips that day. Maybe he found a way to pay for lunch and knew where you were at. It wasn't me. Maybe it was him. But... I am out because I was not a part of it. So I hope you enjoyed lunch. I'll talk to you later. So Vincent's out, but Andrew Puglisi is in. Oh, gosh, this is getting deeper and deeper. Here's Desha. Hi, this is Desha, and I just wanted to mention that I did not pay for the TLF lunch. I'm new to TLF. I didn't know about all of what you guys do, including someone secretly paying for lunch, and I can assure you it was not me. Short and sweet for the newbie, I believe her. How about Brad? The absentee, what is your defense? Four months ago was our first ever Philly lunch meetup. I had a great time connecting with everyone, and to my surprise, someone else at the table paid the bill. Fast forward to today, and I've missed the two subsequent lunch meetups. Both times, the bill was paid in full before the meal had ended, and both times, the payer remained a mystery. Now I've come to find out that even though I was miles away both times, I'm considered a suspect in the matter. Now ask yourself, Do you really believe a millennial would pay for a bunch of Gen Xers to go eat lunch without him? Especially considering I would have had to go out of my way to do so? Doesn't sound like the stereotypical millennial I read about in the headlines. Still not convinced? Then consider this. Since the first lunch meetup in November, I've reinvested 50% of my pre-tax income back into my business. All while the IRS still hasn't sent me my 2019 tax return, nor my second or third stimulus checks. If you ask me... Math just doesn't add up. 
The absentee Brad does make a very strong point. Would a millennial pay for a bunch of Gen Xers to eat for free? That is compelling. One last alibi. This is the silent partner, Andrea Stangi, wife of the pastor. Hi, Ken. I'm really glad your group gets together for lunch now and then. I know my husband really looks forward to it and enjoys it. Um, this past Wednesday when you went out for lunch, I'm not even sure I remember where you were going. And besides that, I teach on back-to-back classes on Wednesday mornings. Um, so when you guys were having lunch, I was deep into children's literature. So it would have been an awfully awkward interruption to my class for me to step out and do anything covert. So I've got about 24 college students as my alibis. As tight an alibi as alibis can be, Andrea. Thank you. Carfagno and Carfagno is about to conclude this investigation. Our firm's best answer is that loudmouth John's Christian Illuminati hat group had operatives in the Italian restaurant at lunch number two and paid for lunch mafia style. The good news is that no one was whacked in the process. There is one other theory that Carfagno and Carfagno is stewing over as well. Pastor John Sangi is the one who paid for the first lunch. He is the common denominator in all three lunches. He has a book launching on May the 25th, 2021 called Dwell on These Things, which is a 31-day challenge to talk to yourself like God talks to you. Sounds like it's going to be an amazing book, John. And I'm sure many listening to this podcast will be very intrigued by it. But I am not falling for it. I am dwelling on these things, John. Is John Stange, a.k.a. the pastor, actually Kaiser Soze? Did he walk into the restaurant like a cripple and walk out perfectly normal? One final addendum. There is one more audio alibi to add. Hey guys, uh, Ken Carfagno here. I have shared my audio alibi already, part one. But let me finish the rest of my audio alibi. I mentioned that I had called ahead and made a strange request. The manager could not take my credit card over the phone. Absolutely true statement. But then I asked for his supervisor. He handed the phone to his supervisor, I explained the situation that I'm one of the five for the reservation for Emily Bruner and I could not make it. I explained that we've been fighting over who gets to pay for lunch and it's been a lot of fun over the past few months. The supervisor loved it. He took my credit card and my instructions. Plot twist. The narrator is the guilty one. I did pay for the third lunch. And here's what happened next that the others do not know. At 1.55 p.m. after lunch had ended, I got a call back from the supervisor. This is epic. Here's his words to me. Ken, I instructed my waitress to go to the table when the check was ready and say that the bill had been covered by a benevolent benefactor. As soon as she said that, all three of them were smiling The loud guy proclaimed, This is the third time this has happened and we still can't figure out who did the others. The waitress 
loved this show of giving, Ken, and the entire staff knew about it. I was laughing so much when the supervisor told me this. I thanked him, and then he told me this. One of the guys actually went to the hostess stand. Now, we know who this is, right? John Shuckman. When he got there and tried to slip his credit card to pay for the meal, the waitress was already instructed by me not to accept anyone else's payment, so she kept the card until the end of the meal. After she mentioned the benevolent benefactor, she gave the credit card back. So at this point, I at 1.55 p.m., I didn't know about John Shuckman or John Stange, which one it was. So I asked, well, which one gave the card? I said there was three there. One was a lady, one was a larger guy, meaning John Shuckman, and one was a shorter guy. That was John Stange to me. Here's what the supervisor replied to me. He said, Ken, it was the balder one. The other guy didn't get there until after the payment attempt. Oh my goodness, I was laughing over the phone with him. Here's what just happened. We already know that the loud guy, John Shuckman, attempted to pay, causing extreme awkwardness. But the supervisor just changed the loud guy to the balder guy. So, I don't understand why Shuckman has a full head of hair. But now, John Shuckman, you are no longer the loud guy. You are the bald guy. And that concludes Audio Alibis, part four of Who Paid for Lunch Clue. We now know the book ends. Lunch one was paid for by the pastor, John Stange. And lunch three was covertly paid by the narrator, the podcaster, the host of this show, myself. And lunch number two, here is the most Incredible part of the story. Nobody knows. So Carfagno and Carfagno must file the case back on the cold case file. Because two out of three are solved, but one is still the benevolent benefactor. And all that we can surmise at Carfagno and Carfagno is that it has to do with Shuckman's, a.k.a. the bold guy his hat. Well, I sure hope that you enjoyed this four-part series on Who Paid for Lunch Clue. It has been a blast for me. And here's the takeaway. Be an extraordinary and abundant giver and get around people that are extraordinary and abundant givers. It is an amazing place to be, to be able to have friends that fight over who gets to pay for lunch. Have an incredible day. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.